Bridget Mason. <laughs> morning. Well, what what do you think this is? A morning podcast? <laughs> absolutely not. You could not drag me out of bed in the morning to to, to come talk to you. Likewise. <laughs> How you doing? Doing good. Good to hear. How about you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, it's it's that time again. It's the time. It's the time of the day where I uh, I get in a call with you and I ask press you a o'clock. That's right. That's correct. It's that time I come and ask you uh, what are, what are you playing these days? Great question. And I'll tell you, I've got an answer. I bet you do. Do share. Uh, get, no guarantee on whether that answer is satisfying. But it never is. It is. Never has been. It is there. Not once. But hey, so you might you might throw me a curveball. Confidence inspiring. Uh, if you tell me you're playing God of War right now, I'll be shocked. <laughs> that would involve me having a PS5, uh, which no. Um, obviously, on top of kind of my regular Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, this is not one that I have started playing yet, but I wanted to mention it before I forgot. Okay. And that is that I did actually pick up a physical copy of um, Metroid Prime Remastered. Oh, hey, you did it. Nice. Yeah. I I was kind of on the fence initially when it came out. I remember that. Um, but, I mean, just overall with everything that I've heard about it and everything you've said about it too, I'm kind of just like, you know what? No, I need to... I need to have this, even if it isn't, like, a huge commitment. Um, Unfortunately, I do this weird thing where I'll get the game or something new and then just kind of hold on to it for no specified reason. (laughs) I do know. So, (laughs) it's chilling. It's ready to go when I'm ready, which I've I've come to recognize. I actually saw someone tweet about this uh, recently. the fact that backlogs exist is, I mean, obviously a point of frustration or whatever regret maybe for some people, but it can also be looked at as these are just things that you can return to at any point that you want to, oh, yeah. especially if you, as I've said in a previous episode, you don't necessarily have to continue playing something that you hate. You can just stop that, and if you have a backlog, then there's some options. <laughs> As opposed to being like, I own one game console and one game, and I do only that. <laughs> so I hear you. I'll, I hear you. I will touch it at some point, and I I am kind of looking forward to it. I think because it will be kind of two parts new for me in one sense that I've never actually played the game. Um, at all, really. But then also the ability for me to play the the remaster and kind of see how they've made improvements or brought it kind of to a bit more modern uh, sensibilities. I yeah, I've heard lots of good things about it. You've you've mentioned good things too. So well, I think it's going to be good. But knowing that you loved the third game and hadn't really played too much of the first and. The first being like the crown jewel of the of the 3D Metroid series. I, I feel like, yeah, you had to pick that up. So I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah. And I mean, I, I uh, as we've talked about before, it would be amazing to see the other two 
come out in whatever form that ends up being. I think if this was anything where Nintendo was trying to test the waters and just say, um, here's the here's the remake, remaster, sorry, and just kind of gauge how sales go, then if it turns out well, then yeah, then they maybe are more incentivized to pursue the other two. I mean, it, it would be ridiculous for them to not go that route, but of course, it's Nintendo we're talking about, so it's true. <laughs> it yeah. could happen. You're absolutely right. Um, and I guess the other one that would be sort of notable, um, earlier this week, I uh, hung out at a friend's place, and they uh, pulled up Halo Infinite. Oh, nice. Which I'd never, never touched before either. And I think, I don't know, I don't have like very strong feelings on it either way. I think the multiplayer was kind of fun. We did, we sort of landed on a couple different modes. One of them being like the, the mode that I've always played, which is SWAT. Kind of just single weapon, no radars, uh, headshots, instant kill, that sort of deal. Right. Um, just a really kind of streamlined game mode. But then also we went with, uh, I think it was Super Fiesta or something where it's like random weapons and some of them are more more powerful than the regular ones can be. Yeah, it was good. That game, uh, I knew everybody was playing it when it came out. My roommates, all my friends. And uh, like a month later, it dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's playing Halo Infinite anymore. But yeah, if, mm. if you had fun, that's wicked. Yeah, it seems like um, my buddy was saying like, there's a fair bit of people that are playing it now as opposed to where I would had kind of landed with the, the Master Chief collection. That's kind of near the top of my backlog in terms of I want to play through the campaigns, but also just being able to jump in multiplayer. There's probably some players that are still hanging around with... Because, I mean, the, the Master Chief collection is still receiving updates. Um, but just by virtue of it being a somewhat new release um probably infinite is seeing a little bit more player base there i don't really know to be honest <laughs> i just my my impression of it was didn't seem like it took a whole lot of time to jump into a game like wasn't huge amount of loading times or whatever to fill up lobbies so it worked that was but good. one yeah, of uh, th- fine. three games on xbox worth uh, worth playing <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, the thing is, I really do want Xbox to succeed, but as we've kind of seen recently, there's been a lot of stuff that hasn't gone super great for them. Fun little side tangent, um, Phil Spencer, the CEO of Xbox, was on a podcast recently, and he That's was right. just weirdly open about, <laughs> about how much Xbox sucks. Like, he basically said... <laughs> Yeah, Xbox sucks. And it was so enlightening to hear him talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Redfall had just came out, and it was trash. It was running poorly. The game wasn't good. And they were asking him about it and asking about exclusives and why Xbox doesn't focus on it. It was a very, very interesting podcast episode that you don't get a lot of industry insight like that every day. So that's super worth listening to if you haven't already. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually watch through that. I came, kind of came across snippets of it and and discussion around it, 
um, just on along my timeline. And yeah, like I think the the general sentiment was like it seems good that the head of Xbox would be aware of these kinds of problems. Obviously, the next step is then how do they capitalize on that and how do they make those changes in such a way that um, it'll actually benefit the the industry that that good games will continue to come out and whatever like they'll just they'll be able to innovate in such a way that it works mm -hmm. i think that the thing i've always taken from phil is that he says this a lot where it's like it's really not about console wars necessarily as much as there should be competition and I think that's a that's a good aspect to help kind of spur things on and keep things moving as you go throughout the years. But at the same time, I don't know. A good game is a good game, whatever platform it comes out on. So that much is true. I guess the the one example that I think of, and this is maybe another one that's on my backlog. And actually, I don't think I've talked about it uh, on previous episodes because it's been so long since we recorded. Um, I actually also picked up um, Marvel's Spider-Man, uh, like the the PS4 one, but on Steam. Great choice. Because they've started to release some of those big titles there, which I'm like kind of anxious to try that one out with everything that I've heard about it. Like, dude, that one is yeah. so fun. Just that's one of those games where you uh, give it ten minutes of your time because just moving around in the game is enough for it to be a great time. You don't even have to do any story stuff. Just just swinging yeah. around New York, great time. I'm already looking forward to just that aspect. <laughs> did you ever play the, the PS2 Spider-Man games? I did, yeah. yeah I think so, we've I think we did I think we've mentioned that. that before. Yeah, so yeah. It, it feels like the modern version of that cuz I remember back then that felt like so freeing and fun and just like a massive playground. This is just the yeah. the updated version of it and they 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 nailed it. Yeah. So yeah, real pump for that. Killer. I should ask you what you are playing. Well, speaking of Xbox, me and some buddies have been playing um, Sea of Thieves recently, which I, Ooh. Yeah, I've wanted to play it since it came out. I just never got around to it. And it's a, it's a multiplayer only game. So well, I think you can play it single player, but that's not the kind of game you want to play single player. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'd just been putting it off for too long. We were all bored one night. And we got in a call, popped into the game. It's a good time. That is a very fun game to to, to play with your buddies. It's it's it, a lot of it relies on just kind of kind of like Minecraft, where it's it, there's a bit more of a clearer directive, but you can kind of also just get on a boat and just go mess other people up. <laughs> and it's a, there's a big role playing aspect to it, which I think is, I think it was really fun. I, I really liked it. I was surprised how much I liked it. I knew it was going to be like a seven out of ten, but it was like an eight or nine out of ten. Um, Solid. Yeah, it's just tough because I can't. Now, when I want to play it, I need to find people to play it with. I can't just put it in myself, which I think is why I play a lot of single player games typically. Right, yeah. Well, if it's if it's a little bit easier to just jump in with something that mm -hmm. you're not necessarily waiting for other players to join you or whatever, that that just is one less barrier to entry. Hundred uh, percent. I've also been playing through Pokemon Violet. I might have been playing it last time we were talking. I I don't remember. <laughs> Again, it was so long ago. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, despite being a buggy mess, 
and just having glitches out the wazoo. It's it's fun. It's got the bones of like what I want in a next gen Pokemon game, and then it's just bogged down a lot by time restraints and restrictions that Game Freak always puts mm. on Pokemon. Yep. But I don't know. The world it, it's big. It's it's always a joy seeing Pokemon running around in an open world setting like that. The story's whatever. But I don't know. It's all right. I was a little disappointed in the multiplayer. Me and a buddy connected to a, to, to each other's game and played together. There's really not much to it other than you're in the same world running around together. Like, you can't battle together, really. You can't what? do the story together. Like You're basically playing the game completely separately, but you can see each other running around. That's kind of boring. Yeah. I thought it was a little more intuitive than that. One of my favorite Pokemon games was on the GameCube called um, Gale of Darkness. And uh, something I loved about that game was every battle was a double battle instead of just one-on-one. It was always two-on-two. And that completely changed how you play Pokemon. It made other Pokemon that you would never consider using um, an asset because they were always made to be a companion Pokemon. But, like, you maybe get four or five double battles in a mainline game throughout the whole thing. So having a game dedicated to double battles was sweet. So I was hoping that in the multiplayer for Violet, when we would get in a fight together, it would like automatically become a double a double battle between the two of us. That didn't happen. So, oh well. Well, and just something, right? Like, yeah. otherwise, what is the point? You go through all of that work of trying to connect with another player, and then, especially with the fact that like Nintendo's whole friend thing I've found to be kind of in, unintuitive when I'm trying to do stuff. Oh, it's crap. It's, <laughs> so, it's hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Making Smash Bros. lobbies makes me so annoyed. It is 2023. Why are we using friend codes? Oh, right. <laughs> Come on. That is 2009 energy. There's got to be an easier way to go about this. Whenever we get whatever the Switch's successor is, I have to imagine they are looking into a new system for that. You would certainly hope. <laughs> I read something on Twitter about Pokemon that said Nintendo should have went, or Game Freak should have went the route of um, that like 2D HD style of game for modern Pokemon, kind of like Octopath Traveler and right, st- yeah, stuff of that nature. And I kind of agree with them. I think a big ambitious 3D Pokemon game is a dream, but Game Freak will never have the time. Um, oh yeah, to do that, like it'll always. Always, every time, feel like a rushed product that had to be released alongside the anime. So, yeah, it's a little disappointing. And in that world, I think, well, the world we live in, it, it would have made more sense if Nintendo kind of stuck with the classic pixel art, but then, you know, did the Octopath thing and made it pretty and modern. But, oh well. That could have been unique, like gone the, the Link's Awakening route and really, like, Made it kind of a charming ex- experience like you remember from the Game Boy days. Well, even the Link's Awakening thing, it looked good in Link's Awakening, but um, they, they made the Diamond and Pearl remake on Switch, which was that same, like, kind of chibi, top-down style, but it looked so soulless and bad. <laughs> like, it, mm. uh, it had the same kind of lack of polish that Scarlet and Violet have. Um you can just tell that all the assets are just copy and pasted over and over and over again. And it just looked... It wasn't appealing to the eye. I think Link's Awakening was because they they did it in such a way that even though they were copying and pasting assets, the lighting was done in a nice way. The They had that toy look that kind of 
shaded everything and it gave it its own distinct flair the it really seemed like that game probably had just more time in the oven 100 percent, 100 percent. like you're saying game freak is just constantly beholden to that whatever it is yearly release exactly. that just does not allow for real innovation yeah unfortunately yeah, it sucks i think that diamond and pearl remake is far inferior to the original games on, on the ds so i never even bought it which is a shame because i was excited about it i was just gonna ask um because i was curious i had heard a little bit about um the the violet and pearl are those the names <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you combine them it's scarlet and violet and diamond and pearl Scar- <laughs> okay the newer ones sure the basically the ones that Nintendo had kind of like released a bit of an apology for like how buggy they were i was under the impression that um they would be coming out with a a patch of some kind did that ever actually happen or did it make a difference i don't know they released a patch that had nothing to do with what people were complaining about it was like a <laughs> a firmware update that Never changed Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they updated some stuff behind the scenes that didn't matter. But they did release an official apology about, yeah, how badly the game ran because it was by far the worst running, poorest performing first party Nintendo game that I think has ever released, ever. <laughs> yeah, which probably, to to the way that Nintendo looks at it, they're probably thinking this is kind of a negative look on our reputation of generally releasing good games like oh yeah not perfect games but rarely in that kind of state it was embarrassing i feel like it was truly embarrassing i'm playing the game now and it's been six months seven months eight months since it released and it is just like you're constantly dropping down to 15 20 frames per second and like that is that is nintendo 64 levels of frames how are we not able to do this in the year 2023 and uh, there's a there was a huge yeah. debate going around if it's well it's the Switch's hardware it's not powerful enough, um, but that's just not true. Breath of the Wild ran pretty damn well for what it was. The, the Game Freak just didn't have the time to optimize it. They like they, they yep. did the bare minimum. They're like, hey, send it out the door. So, well, and we've we've already seen too. Like there are there are games that look amazing on Switch. There were games back on the Wii. Like that's. That's the thing. That's the one that I keep coming back to with Metroid Prime Three, where mm-hmm. I'm like, the Wii was a terrible piece of hardware, hugely underpowered, versus any of the console of its of that generation, I believe, which was Xbox and PS2. Um, but Metroid Prime Three ran amazingly and looked gorgeous on this little tiny box. It's like wizardry in a sense that it is possible to pull off. But I think, again, it's kind of like what you're saying. If you're only allotting so much time to put something out, how are you ever going to have enough time to really like polish it to the level that it can be impressive rather than just passable? It's interesting you bring up the Wii because that is a a common thing you hear people say how underpowered it was it was pretty much the exact same specs as the gamecube which is hilarious to think about <laughs> it's uh it, it did have an advantage though cuz it was in an era where uh it was acceptable to not put out in HD so everything on the Wii was in 480p 
which helped. That's right. Yeah. That was a big deal in, in, in graphical fidelity because it, it helped mask a lot of how not great Wii games actually looked. <laughs> when, when they ported Skyward Sword over to the Switch, you can see that the textures don't look very good. <laughs> they don't. They look kind of jagged and harsh. And But because uh, back in the day, you were playing this on a CRT running at 40p, it was it was blurry in such a way that the de- developers kind of intended. And um, it, it gave it that really nice watercolor, blurred over smudged look. And that's what they wanted. And, and that was like a, an advantage by having Wii hardware. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. Metroid Prime 3, I think, might have done a similar thing. I know it, it did still look good, but they were definitely masking some of it with uh, yeah, the graphical fidelity. Oh, and almost certainly, like, they, <laughs> I don't think I was actually playing on a high-definition t- TV at the time either. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, it's really just what I remember of, of the game from however many years ago that was. Mario Galaxy's a bit of an enigma. That game looks amazing. <laughs> they look so good, even on a, on a big new 4K television. I have, well, yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the games that I completed recently with the, with the Switch collection, and yeah, I would just, I would spend five, ten minutes just sitting on the title screen, just taking it all in. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, it just looks great, it sounds great, it's... It, it's my There's game. something <laughs> magical about that game. I, I, Mario Odyssey will, is my favorite Mario mainline 3D Mario game, but there's something about Galaxy's whole aesthetic and sound and vibe that just hits a little bit different, and it's great. Mm-hmm. I can bring up one more thing. I finally played the Breath of the Wild DLC because there's a little game coming out tonight, actually. Wait, there's, there's DLC? There is. <laughs> there's two waves of it. No I kidding. played wave one. Or well, half of Wave One initially, they uh, they kind of just give you a cup, a few extra shrines, and then like this weird quest with a, uh, it's like a sudden death mode. You you get a a weapon called the Obliterator, and you can kill everything in the game with one hit, but everything can kill you with one hit. So you're in like constant sudden death, mm. and you do some yep. quests with that thing. Anyway, so I I played through that initially, and then for whatever reason I had stopped. I finally jumped back in. I finished Wave One, did all the shrines. And then I played Wave 2, which is like this surprisingly difficult gauntlet where you have to, um, starting kind of from scratch, you have no weapons, no armor, nothing, and you have to kind of work your way through a bunch of trials with uh, the HP you started with. You don't get to, like, heal in between. It's um, oh, it interesting. very hard. I, I was like, I, rem- I, I remember I, um, I had attempted it a couple times, uh, like a year or two ago. And I was like, this is just too difficult. I can't do it. And then I beat, it comes in like three waves, I think. And I beat wave one. And I thought that was the whole thing. And I was like, yes, I finally did it. (laughs) And then I realized that was the easy mode. That was the easy wave. And I had to do the intermediate and then the difficult one yet. I was like, oh my God. And then you unlock the master cycle, which is a motorcycle, which is pretty out there for a Zelda game, but it's it's fun. Right. I I wanted to get that done before... um, Tears of the Kingdom drops tonight. And I'm yes. just sitting here antsy and sweating and f- fidgeting my fingers because I know that in what, five <laughs> hours I get to play this game and that five hours cannot end quickly enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that'll be another episode of the Press A Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> the outro we never do. <laughs> it's funny because we, um, every time we record this, there's like a milestone happening with this game. Like last time we talked, we uh, we were just right. talking about the name for the first time. <laughs> and now it's that's coming right. out. So I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. For future archaeologists who are listening through through this all at once. Uh, yeah. We don't record regularly. No, <laughs> no sir. Archaeologists. I like the thought that we're burning all of these episodes onto like eight tracks and d- burying them in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> no it'll be on disc yeah. i don't know <laughs> put them on nes cartridges you ever see that uh you ever see the video of the guy on uh, on youtube who put the entire movie tenet on a game boy cartridge you see what <laughs> how is that is, possible it's i've not seen this then you can you can fit anything onto a game boy cartridge game boy cartridge because they used to put um shows on on the game boy advance i don't know if you ever saw that Oh, yeah, that's right. Game Boy Video or Yeah, Game Boy Video. It's exactly what it was called. <laughs> anyway, you could do it with an original Game Boy cartridge, too. You can do it with all of them. And, uh, yeah, he he shrunk the... Fi- he took the whole movie, shrunk it down to such a unbearably watchable <laughs> um, uh, frame size, rendered it out, Tato. and somehow fit it on a Game Boy cartridge, and you can watch the whole movie on your Game Boy. <laughs> that's so fun. These are the kinds of things that are only done by like hobbyists and enthusiasts that are just like you know what heck it let's go <laughs> i love people who do stuff like that i would never even think to try that so it's it's so fun when somebody else right. <laughs> it's that weird combination of like just a funny idea that you come up with late at night and then also the technical know-how to pull that off i i can't even fathom <laughs> i don't even know how you'd start with something like that um, it's interesting. So, Tears of the Kingdom dropping tonight reminded me of when Breath of the Wild came out with the launch of the Switch. And, um, I remember I spent, like, a week, <laughs> a week in my room. <clears throat> I was up for, like, 18 hours at a time, just playing the game. I wasn't eating. I wasn't showering. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was ignoring my family. I, I, I finally crashed at 4 a.m., wake up again at 10 a.m., play for another 18 hours. And that was, like, my life for a week. <clears throat> It was perfect because I just broke my toe at the time, <laughs> like a few days after it came out, and I got a week off work, so that's how I spent that week. And um, right. it's funny, the, uh, I sent you a video that, that, that yesterday, I think. There's a lot of construction happening outside of my building right now, and oh yeah, they broke a water valve outside, <laughs> so my whole building doesn't have water at all. Oh! It's really annoying. It's been like this for two days Lovely. now. Lovely. It's super great. Um, so I'm sitting here kind of parallel to how I was in, uh, 2017, six years ago. I'm sweaty. I'm gross. I'm going to spend 18 hours playing this game. <laughs> it's going to be the exact <laughs> same experience. But this time, this time I have an excuse for why I'm not showering. I can't. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was funny. So you're not planning to break anything other than the water valve that you weren't involved in. Correct. 100%. Well, I mean, bones aside, uh, (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't either. I'm just going to let you talk. (laughs) Dig your way out of this hole. (laughs) 
water mains, breaking bones, breaking things, breaking records. Tears of the Kingdom has had some really good reviews from what I've seen. It's getting a lot of... That was a fantastic segue. Wow. (laughs) Incredible. It is getting a lot of 10 out of 10s. Breath of the Wild got a lot of 10 out of 10s when it came out. I'm actually surprised this one is matching it. One, I'm I'm surprised to hear just this general sentiment that people are going, so we already loved Breath of the Wild, and somehow Tears of the Kingdom makes it look like it was just the first draft. Yeah, and that's confusing <laughs> like, me. I playing Breath of the Wild and the and the experience leading up to it is probably my favorite gaming memory of all time. And a big mm. part of what made playing the game so fun the first time was exploring that map, was getting onto the Great Plateau, seeing that uh, that that famous uh, landscape view when Link runs out of the Shrine of Resurrection, and then just realizing that you can go anywhere. And then I spent mm. you know weeks of my life just running around this world, finding all the little nooks and crannies and things. What a magical experience that was. This game, ever since they announced it was using the same map, that was kind of the biggest selling point of the first game. So I was worried initially that it wasn't going to... Well, that, they, that they just straight up could not capture that feeling again with using the same map. Because I've, I've been here before. And that magic is now right. gone. And then they announced that they're doing all this stuff in the sky. And there's stuff underground, I think, as well. And uh, I'm very curious how that is, how much that's going to affect um, the world. I know there's a lot... But is it still going to feel like, well, the same Breath of the Wild map? Is it is it going to feel different enough and exciting enough for me to want to run around and have that same sort of childhood sense of exploration? Yeah. But apparently, according to the reviews, I don't need to worry. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Even having not played the game, maybe that's a good, like, place to approach it from. Just a game that you already love, plus extra stuff. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I'm curious where they're going to go with it. I, um, I do know it does look like they're incorporating, incorporating some more traditional Zelda stuff. And I think that's going to be great. Yeah, hopefully make it feel like it's not just... They're not just rehashing old territory for no reason. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not even like doing all the same stuff again. It's more like they are bringing some fresh new formula to what's already there. Especially with the basis of... Breath of the Wild. I've always been a big fan of when they, you know, stick with one graphical style for more than one game, just so we can get them a little more frequently. Um, Majora's yeah. Mask and Ocarina of Time did it. But Majora's Mask had the advantage of being in a whole different world. It wasn't even Hyrule, it was Termina. So, when, right. yeah, when they when they said they were going to make a sequel to Breath of the Wild, I was like, oh, that's sick. And, uh, yeah, no, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, more thoughts on it when it comes out and I get to play it. In two years, when we, in two years when we record next, dude, I'm so annoyed. I'm I'm leaving for a week in uh, on Saturday, which is in two days, which means I get to play this game for one day, just really sink my teeth into it, and then rip myself away for a week, and it's killing me. Oh, the call of adulthood! It just <laughs> brutal, dude. Uh, I will say just just on the continuing on the topic of um. Tears of the Kingdom. As much as I know we've probably brought this up that I've never really touched Zelda games and don't really have a huge desire to play them, I will say the thing 
about the previews for Tears of the Kingdom that are impressing me are like the sky stuff. Oh, really? Because I've I some something about the ability to like fly around on floating islands and stuff, like just having things that happen to be in the sky, but like are a part of a bigger world like this obviously is. That does seem really appealing to me. Not that it'll probably make me want to play the game, but like just I think that aspect, that concept is one that um I don't feel like a lot of games do all that frequently, but when they do it's usually pretty fun. Just like being able to like traverse from a floating thing back down to the ground or uh, vice versa. I don't know. Seems like it's that like, I don't know, childhood desire to want to fly kind okay. of <laughs> motivation. I can respect that. I never thought about it that way. If anything, I've actually never loved, especially in Zelda, historically, I've never loved the floating um, themes. They did it in Twilight Princess. One of the mm. temples was like a floating city in the sky. It was my least favorite temple. The whole game, Skyward Sword, it's my least favorite Zelda game. Um, so when they said they were doing it again, mm. I was like, okay. But I loved Breath of the Wild so much <laughs> that I just think it's enough to overwrite those past feelings. Right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we shall see. You'll report sure back will. on our Zelda corner. I've played through Breath of the Wild probably like <laughs> seven or eight times now. So next time we record, I'll probably have beat Tears of the Kingdom a good nine or ten. So we'll uh, I'll have plenty to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And maybe by then I will have played a different game. Tune in next time. <laughs> That's a hard maybe. Miracles are <laughs> miracles are happening every day. <laughs> I bought Metroid Prime 1, not even the third one. <laughs> We're really going into foreign territory now. <laughs> so you're going to be playing a Zelda game for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will be. Over one day. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to milk that day for everything it's worth. <laughs> I can't actually think of anything in specific that I'm really going to be diving into. I, f I always feel like when it, when it comes to like gaming announcements and stuff like that, this is kind of the time of year for whatever reason where a lot of that stuff starts to happen. Like obviously in the years when E3 was a thing that was kind of, you know, end of May, beginning of June, where stuff would really start to ramp up. So this is generally like every year, this is sort of when I'm starting to think about like, is there a game that I'm going to want to buy? Or like, is there an announcement that I want to follow? Mm -hmm. Or whatever, like that kind of stuff. E3 isn't happening. Summer Game Fest is coming up, and I'm sort of half kind of trying to follow what's happening there probably going to see a Nintendo Direct at some point because it looks like I was just looking at it today there's a bunch of companies that are uh, like announcing their involvement with Summer Game Fest and Jeff Keighley's whole thing um, didn't look like Nintendo was involved but I mean I'm not shocked by that <laughs> they usually if they want to say stuff they're going to put it on in their own thing uh, <laughs> so We'll see what happens there. This year's a little weird. I um, I just, I think I got so many things that I, I, I think we just had a lot of interesting games come out that I want to play. 
I never, uh, never really yeah. got too far in Hogwarts Legacy. I want to go back and, and give that a shot. Um, the Redfall just came out and it, it apparently sucked. The new Star Wars game came out. Um, apparently also has a lot of frame issues, but underneath that, is, it's apparently a very good game at least. <laughs> I heard uh, some funny stuff about um, how EA was basically trying to say like, for those that are running a very powerful oh. computer with this new <laughs> Star Wars game, that's the issue. It's like, are you serious, yeah. EA? You're really going to say... Your computer is too powerful. Please play on lower I settings. Think that's so funny. They were talking. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. Apparently, there's something about the hardware of the, the 4090 or whatever the heck it is that like it does it doesn't yeah. synergize well with the game. I don't know what the science is there, <laughs> but that statement is so funny to me. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> there's probably good like technical reasons behind what's happening there, but I can't help but laugh. I'm just like. You know how this looks, right? Like you're just saying, <laughs> we would really prefer <laughs> if you didn't have a powerful That's computer. <laughs> so funny. Your game's running badly because your computer's too good. It's so good, it's bad. <laughs> Which you know can't necessarily be the case. It's probably yeah. just like some other issue, some other reason. But it's I find still in times funny. like this where there's not like know. a lot that I am looking forward. Like Tears of the Kingdom has been the big thing that I've wanted for months and months well ye literally years now i guess and now that's coming out tonight yeah. it's kind of like left me in this melancholy state where it's like i'm not i don't even know what i want out of the gaming world because i just i'm about to get the thing i've been waiting so long for <laughs> right. so i think once i'm done tears of the kingdom this might be the time to really dive into some of the stuff i've been putting off and, and getting into the backlog like you mentioned earlier with um yeah metroid and you, speaking of that I think, um, especially with Nintendo games, I uh, I do what you said you did a lot at the start, and I, I buy a lot of games, and then just kind of, they collect dust, either in my Steam library or on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But especially because I buy physical games, I, I, I still love the anticipation of a game. I love watching all the trailers and getting excited. And even if I don't play it right away, I uh, if I bought it, that means I was excited about it and I had like, I think maybe not half the fun, but like a good portion of the fun of a game is, is just kind of the buildup of anticipation to it. I think that's um, underrated. Yeah. And even if you don't play the game right away, you might wait a year, two years, tell even 10 years. And if it's a Nintendo game, you know, for a fact, it's probably worth more money in 10 years. So, <laughs> right. What are some games on your backlog that you're, looking forward to if we're looking past tears of the kingdom here oh man oh dude where do i start oh boy one or two keep it simple <laughs> hogwarts legacy was one of them i um i definitely want to give that a shot there's so many like long hundred hour turn-based rpgs i want to play but i i just know that there's such a, <laughs> a time suck and a commitment that i i, I, I hesitate to play them Persona 5 is one I've wanted to play since it came out, and I just haven't done it. I bought it, day one. I own it, and I have never even put it in the console. But that's... Well, it's hard to jump into something like that when you know, even before beginning, the sort of time commitment that's, that it's going to involve. It's yeah. like, I don't know. Once you're in it, it might be fun, but for me anyway, that's just like the prospect of it is like, 
oh, I don't know if I want to jump into this unless I can like really immerse myself in it for a few hours. <laughs> well, that's the only way I know how to play games. I can't pick up a game, play it for 45 minutes and put it down and then say I had a good time. It, I, 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 I was just kind of like, anytime I've done that, I just sort of coasted through it. I wasn't really in it. I wasn't having a lot of fun. For me to get into a game, I need to like sit down and dedicate 11 hours, <laughs> like 10 hours to it. <laughs> right. I need to get to that point where I kind of forget everything else in my life is going on, and I am in that game. I am there. That is my only goal in life, and that's when I have the most fun and make the most memorable um, memories. Memorable memories. Redundant. Uh. <laughs> memorable memories <laughs> memories that you remember <laughs> I think that's why I like really long form turn based RPGs because they, they they're so long that at some point you will just get into it because of how much time you're sinking in um, and they're also <laughs> right. very story focused right so Octopath Traveler 2 came out a while ago and I adored the first one so that one's pretty high on my backlog but like, I think yeah. I always forget that like, yeah, you you do have a definite streak of RPGs that you're interested in, whereas I'm like, kind of just generally disinterested in the genre. It's not for everybody. Uh, it stems from um, just what I grew up playing. I, pl I I played a lot of older stuff even as a kid. I uh. I owned an N64. My neighbor had an NES, and I went to my neighbor's house every day, so I got a good fix on that. Across the street, my buddy um, Alex, he owned an Xbox. My cousins had the PS1. The only thing I really didn't grow up with was a, was a Genesis, and the Genesis was not known for having RPGs. So it, uh, right. it, it, it adds up. It all, it all stems from action it. stuff. And a lot of beat-em-ups yeah. and racing games and stuff of that nature. <laughs> oh, beat-em-ups. What a genre. <laughs> Literally just button mash <laughs> some of them are pretty fun that new uh the new the the new turtles game was pretty good i forget what it was called yeah wasn't it like a ninja turtles like remake of some kind well, it was a new game but it was or... it was done in the exact same style as turtles in time from the super nintendo oh okay um what was it called again was it shredder's revenge yeah, i think so whatever it was called uh yeah i played it with dave actually and it was, a, it was a great time. Friend of the show. I played with a friend yeah. of the show. <laughs> we pulled it up. <laughs> we did it. Points. Points to Brandon. <laughs> it's a very simple. It's actually, it's the kind of game that is almost entirely motivated by getting a high score. Um, making the leaderboard, if you will. So. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I, those games aren't fun unless you're with people. So, I don't know. A, a, a one-player beat-em-up sounds pretty freaking lame to me. But uh, the Turtles right. games are always fun because it was four of you. So I remember actually early on when I first got Steam all those years ago, um, one of my friends had, because uh, this is very easy to do, he had just gifted me a, a copy of Castle Crashers. Oh, yeah. Which I think is sort of in that same vein. Never touched it, so I have no idea. It absolutely is. That's It's <laughs> but, very similar. Even uh, Speedrunners, which is a bit of a different... Uh, style, but kind of, I would say similar. Speedrunners is different. Vein, just kind of a raider, a, ra a race, race type of thing. I love speedrunners. That game is actually a great time. Um, there's no high scores or anything. It's nothing to do with that. It's like that is a purely competitive game between you and your buddies. You just want to win, be right. faster, be better. 
I don't know what it is about that game, but I, I yeah, I had a very long period of time where that was my go-to multiplayer game. Yeah, me too. I and I actually like at one point long time ago I I went through and actually like beat the single player campaign <laughs> which was like kind of rough. I there was a <laughs> Near the end campaign. it got real hard. <laughs> but honestly like it was it was uh maybe not quite the same sort of fun that you have when you're playing with friends but it had a lot of those same aspects where it's like you're looking for all the lines and the shortcuts and you're like got to make sure to pick up this power up so that i can really get the advantage and like you know every inch is a is a success kind of thing so yeah yeah, i i i had a ton of fun out of that game but yeah then i just at a certain point once i beat the campaign and my friends weren't really in it all that much kind of just fell off but i'll definitely go back to it at some point i forgot it existed until you brought it up now which is (laughs) funny because it was like my whole life for a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's such a simple little like yeah very very easy to jump into game which i think is that's always a for me a big motivator is like i don't need to learn like (laughs) a list of 20 different combos here as long as the controls are pretty straightforward and the concept is really easy to grasp, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> I'm with you. That's why I'll never be into fighting games. I just I do not get the appeal at all. I I've never understood. Oh yeah. Memorize 800 different button combinations and then use them in a fight. No, I don't want to. Which essentially means the average player will just go, hmm. This combination of button mashing did this, so I'll try and button mash like that the next time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You find the one move that, that won you the fight, and then you just keep doing that one. I guess Smash is sort of the outlier on that front. Like, I always found, even from the first one, that all of those games were very, very easy to pick up. Maybe not necessarily for everyone. Like, there's still a certain kind of player that would really enjoy that style of game, but terms of controls you kind of couldn't go easier than that nintendo has a philosophy in their game design that i've always really meshed with and it's um easy to play hard to master i've always very much resonated Mm. with that kind of um game philosophy i need it to be easy for me to jump in and just start playing but i want the skill roof to be really high i want like it to you know the more i play this it can really pay off for me if i put the time in uh, Nintendo yeah, always does that. Huge. Look at Mario One. Anybody can, anybody and their dog can play Mario One. But then you see how fast <laughs> some people speed through that game with such accurate pinpoint precision. I'm just sorry. I'm just realizing here. Uh, as much as you had mentioned this big game that obviously with Tears of the Kingdom that you're wanting to jump into. Kind of as soon as we finish recording, maybe. <laughs> I gotta wait four hours. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just yeah. sitting here twiddling my <laughs> thumbs, waiting for midnight so I can play the damn game. It's already downloaded. It's on my Switch, and they're just like, no, you gotta wait. <laughs> infuriating. Love it. On that note, I can't believe I didn't think of this until now, as we're, you know, getting to the end. I just remembered that the game that I've been talking about for kind of the same amount of time as you have with Zelda, maybe a little bit less. Cook Served uh, Forever is actually releasing in um, 
early access, I think, Monday. Oh. So, like, after this weekend, that thing's out, and we'll be able to actually jump in. I think they had to delay it for one week um, for some technical problems they were having, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to try that one out, too. Man, you and six or seven other people. <laughs> you all must be stoked. <laughs> little more niche, yeah. No, it's going to be great. I uh if for anyone listening who hasn't checked this out, um definitely look up the trailer at minimum. It's it looks to be a really fun little experience. I know I talked about it before too that the the demo was very fun. Music is incredibly chill and uh super catchy as ever. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't normally have like a game that I'm looking forward to that's new mm. because I'm like just so naturally not picking up new AAA titles and jumping in day one. Um, I play, started playing Animal Crossing like two years after it came out. <laughs> if that tells you anything. Uh, <laughs> you've been hooked on it since. It's, yeah, exactly. It is kind of exciting to have uh, one of those where it's something to be excited about that as of yet, has not come out before. So ah, That's what yeah. I was saying earlier. It'll be a nice release. Like so much of really falling in love with the game comes from the anticipation of just playing it. Uh, that's that's huge. I'll never yeah. forget what it was like waiting for Breath of the Wild. And then that was even better because it was like a whole console launch, right? Oh, totally. Um, you, you... Which maybe we want to briefly mention that too. I know I've been reading a little bit about um, some rumors and speculation that there's some thought that it's possible the next console might be coming out next year, possibly spring. Don't know how much we really want to put stock in that, but... <laughs> I mean, one man's opinion. If I had to put money on it, I would bet we're going to hear something officially about it this year. Just thinking about Nintendo and the games they put out, we got everything. We got two Zelda games on one console. We got the big Mario game. We got all the Mario sports games except for baseball, but they've made a baseball game since the GameCube. Right. We got the Smash. We got the <laughs> massive Smash Brothers game. We got th- three different yeah. Mario parties or something. Like we we have everything. <laughs> so unless they want to make Splatoon four and have three Splatoons on one Switch, it it I think it it only makes sense that we'll hear about one. We have Pikmin four coming out too, right? Whenever that is. Yeah, that's this summer, August. Which I mean. That's that's not like a a landmark title, maybe, but still a very dedicated fan base. Yeah, well, that, that's one. That's actually a great indicator. That I think we're getting to the end. That's one of their like lesser cared about IPs, and if we're getting it, that means yeah, everything yeah. else is kind of done. We got not only a Pokemon remake, but two mainline series Pokemon games and Pokemon, um, what's it called, Pikachu and Eevee. So we got right. four Pokemon games on one <laughs> Switch. And then the Mystery Dungeon spin-offs we got ports of. Like it's just Yeah. And knowing that that hardware conversation's been going on since the Switch came out, it it only makes sense to me that now feels like the time where Nintendo will be like, okay, here's the Super Switch, whatever it's gonna be called. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the the other two franchises that I can really think of that we have we have seen Metroid Dread. We haven't seen Prime Four. Which, if we're really saying that the the next console is going to be coming out next year, it is a little bit funny that 
we still know literally nothing. Like, it's been over a thousand days since we've heard anything about Metroid Prime 4. You see, my theory about that <laughs> is uh, we, they deliberately haven't said anything because I think Metroid Prime 4 will be the launch title on whatever the next console is. Which is entirely possible. And maybe that'll be the driver that they, you know, we would love to have a situation unlike, because I think other than Breath of the Wild, I do remember feeling like the Switch at launch was not like a hugely oh, no. it was trash. exciting console to get. Yeah, it sucked. It was actually really bad. Unless you really were into one two switch. It was literally I think it was I think I remember. Because that that it feels like yesterday. It's so crazy to me how many games the Switch <laughs> has now. It was Breath of the Wild, one two switch, um Super Bomberman R. And a racing <laughs> game that is escaping me, kind of like F Zero in that sort of style of game. And like that was it. That was all your options for like a few yeah. months. Yeah, which is it's so hilarious considering now how entirely ubiquitous the Switch has become in terms of the amount of titles that you can get on it, the amount of things that they've ported over. That they're just like, yeah, we know you like the this lineup of mainline Wii U titles. We'll just give them to you here. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's insane. I think the Switch really cut out a perfect spot for Nintendo in the market. You got Xbox who who really pushes their Game Pass and just having a lot of games at once. You got PlayStation who really they're about those big, big first party action adventure exclusive narrative. narrative based games, right? Nintendo yep. really they really made the right move, went their own way, and they're like, if you want to play the fun, family-friendly Nintendo games that you've always got to play and have the perfect machine for all these indies coming out, we're the place to be. And they um, they really yeah. it with that, I think. Yeah. All, we, all we're missing now is Donkey Kong. Man, I got so much to say. <laughs> I, one of my favorite childhood games. Next episode! Next episode on Press A. <laughs> <laughs>